Act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. Act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. And we just say that 10, 15 times. Repetition. Now, what's the trick there? You might not be enthused. You might not be excited. But it's all in the act. Pretty soon, your brain catches up. Now, that works in other ways, too. We can change those words. Act a fool long enough, and guess what you'll become? Repetition has been a big part of your life in at least two ways. And I wanted to talk first about the business side of things, which is uh, McDonald's. McDonald's has leveraged the concept of repetition really to become synonymous with the concept of franchising in a lot of people's minds. So could you talk a little bit about um, the history of McDonald's and how they've used repetition to become so successful? Well, when it comes to repetition, uh, it, I don't know that there's a more pointed example, uh, Dave, than that of a McDonald's uh, and of a Coca-Cola uh, for that matter. If you look at the pennies that are put into or poured into uh, each bottle versus what the bottle sells for, you know, you got to give kudos to repetition. If you get it right, enough times, it works. One example, I started with Coca-Cola in 1979. Within the first two, three months, I'm painting two liter banners for 99 cents in 1979. Today, you can find in certain locations, 99 cent two liters. 40 years later, because we have repeated, and now the lift that comes out of selling many, 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 many more of those leads to profitability, all because we can repeat the process. How many times can you repeat the process? And of course, McDonald's is certainly uh, known for uh, its uh, ability to repeat and get it right. And it's a very kind of an arduous process when we start. We dress the crown always the mustard first, then the ketchup, then the pickles, then the onions, then the patty, and if it's a cheeseburger, then the cheese, in that specific order. And repeating that over and over and over again, we do an average of about 53,000 transactions in the run of a month. And just imagine doing the same thing over and over and over again but it's profitable both for the corporation and for the franchisee. And if we have time during this, uh, I'd love, like to share with you how I've applied that same process to my approach to art. Oh, absolutely. So um, in terms of McDonald's emphasizing repetition, I think a core reason behind that is customers want consistency. Correct. 
you want to know that if I go into a McDonald's in Birmingham, Alabama, or uh, Bangor, Maine, or Phoenix, Arizona, that I'm going to get the same experience regardless of that location. Absolutely. And that's also true if you're in Italy, (laughs) if you're in Turin, you know, uh, if you're in Vienna, Austria, as much as possible, as much as humanly possible, we want that filet of fish to be the same filet of fish that you'd get anywhere. And the success and the fact that we're so avid about being certain that that's the case, I think attributes uh, immensely to the success that um, the franchising model uh, has. Part of what's interesting to me about McDonald's is, you know, they've emphasized this repetition and doing the same thing over and over again. But at the same time, they're very receptive to new ideas, especially from franchisees. And they almost treat franchisees like little laboratories. So if you or another franchisee comes forward with an idea, you know, they're open to hearing about that. A lot of people... A lot of people don't realize that the Egg McMuffin, for example, was created by a franchisee, as was the um, filet of fish. Correct. Absolutely. Even the jingle, uh, two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. (laughs) Uh, Max Cooper, whose stores that I trained in to become a franchisee, uh, was known for having worked on that particular ad. He, prior to becoming a franchisee, he was the first ad agency for McDonald's Corporation. He and Ray Kroc uh, were personal friends. And, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And imagine the, the amount of buy-in, Dave, that that uh, creates when we can uh, work within the organization to create some of the most successful brands. Uh, Very few fast food uh, chains can boast about some six to seven iconic products. Most are known for one, maybe two, but we know specifically that people come to us for our filet of fish. They come specifically for the Ed McMuffin. They come specifically for the Big Mac. They come specifically for the Coca-Cola. There's something about the calibration uh, approach and process. Can't tell you the number of times we've served people who had food or their own lunch, but they came just to get a Diet Coke from McDonald's. People come to us just for the fries. So uh, that's a unique piece, but the repetitious consistency of getting it right makes all of the difference in the world. So let's uh, shift gears and talk about the role of repetition in what you've done in the art world, because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm an artist uh, first. In fact, I wonder from time to time, and I'll pinch myself from time to time, Dave, when I look at some of the corporate boards that I serve on and uh, owning seven restaurants and uh, I'm an artist and that's all I ever wanted to do was to be a little Black Rembrandt. And so uh, I think I've done pretty good at becoming a little Black Rembrandt. But at the same time, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to uh, do business. And I hope that we'll get into one of these sessions. We certainly spend a significant amount of time on that, uh, helping individuals to understand that we are not one dimensional uh, individuals or, or beings. There's so much more to us than we give 
credit ourselves credit for. So if you can see that a little bit, this is a piece that's in the book actually, uh, Blue Halo. Uh, this is a print that you're looking at and it was taken from the original, which I did, but I tell you, I, I'm such a detailed artist and I, I can't even imagine how other artists paint and sell their work. By the time I finish any piece of art, serious artwork that I do, Dave, I am so one with that piece. It is me. I couldn't sell it for, <laughs> I, I mean, I just, so the way I get around that is I do the original and I have the original. I've had several individuals to make offers, significant offers to buy my originals, but I can't part with it. <laughs> but I get to give art and I don't sell my art, <clears throat> but I get to give art, uh, use it for auctions, use it for fundraisers. And we get to do it over and over and over again. Be certain that the printer, and in this case, and in every piece of, uh, that I've ever done, was produced, reproduced by lithoplatin negative. And uh, the prints are, are set. The artist has to sign each one, number each one. That was an international project, Blue Halo. And we had the largest series I've ever done, 1,200 prints on that. And that was a closed edition. And then you have open editions. I think you have one of my open edition pieces, Charlie the Bird, Parker, uh, Dr. King, an open edition, which means that you can go back to press as often as you'd like. But uh, most of the pieces are closed editions. But to be able to give this piece, and because of the quality of the printing, it looks like it could be an original drawing. And so uh, that tends to set well with me. Uh, screen printing is another approach to over and over and over repetition, consistency, and getting that quality. That's always been uh, a part of how I like to approach just about everything that I do. Uh, consistency, consistency, over and over, consistent. You know, at the same time, you tend to customize these prints a little bit when you give them to somebody. So like on mine, you wrote a little personal note and I've seen yep. you do that with other folks as well. And so there's this yep. nice juxtaposition of repetition. Hey, you're getting the same piece of art that I've kept the original for myself and I've distributed to hundreds of other people. But at the same time, you're getting a little personal touch as well. Absolutely. I remember the one that I did of Maya Angelou. She and I worked together on that piece, and it was a limited edition 500 series, print series. And I presented her the number one of that series. And if you've ever heard her speak, she has this very distinct and deep voice, and she complimented my work. And she subsequently asked Dave, um, I wonder if you could prepare one of these prints for a friend of mine. And I said, well, I'm certain that I could, Dr. Angela. Who would that be? She said, Oprah Winfrey. And I said, of course, I can make that happen. So on my resume today, I can say that um, Oprah Winfrey, um, Condoleezza Rice, I think has one of those same prints and all. But um, it's just a lot to be said about repetition. Now, let me shift gears, if you will, for just a moment. The Institute, we spend time on something as simple as repetition. 
to become good at anything, it takes, on one hand, the practice. The practice leads to getting it right. And then you keep getting it right, keep getting it right. Well, building a better attitude works on the same premise. You got to do it over and over. Put yourself in the circumstance so that I get to practice having a better attitude. A mind that has been stretched by a new idea can never again return to its original dimensions. That's a very poignant axiom that we should all give give some considerable consideration uh, to. I, I think it makes all the difference in the world. And we love spending time on that because this stuff is not rocket science. Uh, repeat, find something that's good, find something that works. Whether you want to build passion, if you want to build enthusiasm, it's all about uh, you know, repeating it over and over again. I agree with all of that. And I think folks need to realize that um, building a new habit through repetition is not easy. I think sometimes folks get frustrated when they stumble. Um, But if you know the statistics, maybe it becomes a little easier to uh, try again. So now I'm going to use my dog as an example. Uh, My dog, named Rogue, and she definitely earned that name. (laughs) So if I do something fun with her two days in a row, she thinks it's a new habit. And on day day number three, I'm in trouble because I better do that same thing. As well, she should. (laughs) (laughs) But with humans, uh, a lot more repetition is needed to create a habit than we might necessarily think. So there was a study. Well, there was a study done in 2010, and it found that forming an automatic habit takes an average of 66 days for a human being. So whether that's going to the gym or not eating a dessert after lunch and dinner or, you know, walking around the block, whatever that might be, takes an average of 66 days. Trying to get it right. Yeah. Now the range is pretty wide. Uh, They found a minimum of 18 days and a maximum of 254 days. So I feel bad for, I feel bad for that person that takes 254 (laughs) days. Interesting stuff. But even, even the best folks are only coming in at 18 days. So absolutely. Well, let me tell you Dave about uh, a a course that I took early on in my career, because I want to hear more of those that you have, but it was a Dale Carnegie course. And at the beginning of each course, the instructor would have us roll up a newspaper as if it were a bat. And we would just beat it into the palm of our hands to a mantra like this. Act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. Act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. And we just say that 10, 15 times, repetition. Now what's the trick there? You might not be enthused, you might not be excited, but it's all in the act. Pretty soon your brain catches up. Now that works in other ways too. We can change those words. Act a fool long (laughs) enough and guess what you'll become? 
So it's all in the practice. And uh, I think that that's so important. And I always remember that little mantra, act enthusiastic, you'll be enthusiastic. Because once you are become excited, well, it makes you an exciting person. Uh, be interested because it makes you an interesting person. You know, we always like to close with a couple of super practical tips for folks. And so the first one today is to harness the power, the positive power of repetition. And we've spent a lot of time talking about that today and offered up several examples of that. Um, The other takeaway is to overcome the dark side of repetition. You know, it's very easy for somebody to start out having, um, one drink a day or one dessert a day. And the next thing you know, they're having four drinks a day or four desserts a day. And uh, that of course takes a real toll on one's body. And so the tip there is to use a buddy system a lot like they do in Alcoholics Anonymous. So if I find myself uh, skipping work or skipping exercise for bad reasons and I need to break out of that habit. I need to have a buddy that I can call up and say, hey, you know, I find myself falling into this bad habits. And somebody who's also going to be proactive about it and say, hey, I haven't seen you at the gym for the last couple of weeks. What's going yeah. on? You, yeah. you feeling okay or, or not? Makes a difference. Absolutely. So any closing thoughts? Well, I just hope that uh, our listeners will take to heart some of what we are saying. It seems sometimes deceptively simple, you know, but if we are willing to repeat, and here's one of the points that I'd like to make today relative to that. We tend to get it right when it comes to learning how to walk. We seem to get it right when it comes to learning how to ride a bicycle, you know. You know, imagine after the 10th time you fell, trying to walk at 11 or 12 months old, your mother and dad said, well, you know what? Dave is having a pretty tough time at this walking thing. Why don't we just get some braces and kind of get him in a wheelchair because he just keeps falling. But they didn't do that day. They kept picking you up, standing you up and say, come to mama, come to daddy until you got it right. The bicycle ride works the same way. Failure is almost inherent in ultimate success. And so we get it right walking, we get it right riding a bike, but somewhere in the process of life, we tend to move away from that and we become afraid because we might fail. Well, falling is a part of it. And I can't tell you how many great inventions there are, and you can speak to this perhaps more so than I can, uh, that came out of failure. In fact, a lot of accidental great successes came out of the process of failing, but keep trying. Consistent repetition. The classic example would be the light bulb where Edison tried hundreds of different materials to serve as the filament before he found the one that would actually work. And so that repetition, that sticking with it, Paid off. Yep, paid off in the end. 